Boom. JC, I'd like to start with a quote, if that's all right. Whoa, boom. That's uh, the script. things around, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, go for it, go for it. It is never a good idea to do a cartwheel whilst running from a lion. It's a bit of a riddle I... as well as a quote. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, uh, tell me more, tell me more. Why, why are we starting with this quote? As We're starting with this because running from a lion is what we would all agree is a stressful situation. Yeah. Uh, and if someone did a cartwheel whilst running for a lion, you could argue that they were being quite creative in their approach of getting away from that lion. But that creativity is not really suited to such a stressful situation. And the idea of the quote is that when you're stressed or when a lot's going on, it's very difficult to be creative. It's like it's not a place where it fits in very well. And currently, I'm very stressed. There's a lot <laughs> going on. And I feel my creativity has just been like sucked out of the room. It's annoying. And, and you, you're not liking that? I'm not liking it because... I, one of the things I enjoyed about all the lockdowns and COVID stuff is I felt that my creativity was allowed to kind of come back and I enjoyed that. Uh, but now I feel like I just don't have time to do anything or be anything that's in, and I'm talking like in business, in life, in everything. I just feel like I'm just going back to the rat race and spinning the plates as it were, but not actually like doing my mission. It's, it's annoying me. I'm irritated. I'm gonna I'm gonna save my quote to the end of the podcast because I've got a very relevant uh, quote actually. So good. So I'll have another with, one for yeah. the end. But I wanted to start yeah. there because I wanted to discuss this this stress that's not like oh you know life's crashing down, but it's just the cumulative. Everyone wants a piece of you, and then you're kind of like left there at the end of the day going, ah yeah that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, uh, for those that have just joined us, you're listening to Short Convo Podcasts, uh, JC Cashman and Asmurale, and uh, this is where we converse about everything, isn't it? So, so we, yeah, we've avoided trying to talk too much about the whole COVID situation, but I believe what you're talking about is directly related to the lifting of restrictions and the coming back to, shall we call the normality of life? Is, is that where you, you're coming from, Az? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. The, the, the busyness has come back. That's, that's how I'm describing it. Are we having a slight rant here? Do you want a solution? Do you want to talk about it? Where, where are you wanting to go with this conversation then? I guess it is a rant in the sense that I know what I need to do to, to not go down that path. Um, and I'm okay. I'm not upset about any of it. It's just a little bit frustrating and annoying. But I think it's also just the way of life. And if I, if I was to offer some advice to anyone listening to it, is if you're at a stage in life, like if you're younger than us, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s or in your teens, you're at a stage in life where probably you've got less responsibilities and you've got less of these pressures. So take advantage of that time to be as creative as you can because it will get a little stifled as you get older. And that's not like a pessimistic thing. It's just, I think the reality of, of life is that you have less time for stuff like that. 
So basing on your quote, what is this line for you at the moment then? What, what is this thing that's chasing you all the time? Are, are you wanting to share? Like, personal I'll share, I'll share. It's, it's you know, mostly business recovery. So our industry got hit real hard by COVID. Uh, and as things do, when they go down like that, you get an opportunity where it can come straight back up. Uh, and we, where we've been starved of customers and we've been starved of participating in our sport it's all now almost like rushing back it feels like it. anyway it feels like we're flooding back into action and we spoke on another episode about promising that when that happened we weren't going to fall into the same traps and into the same patterns as before that it's a good opportunity to reassess and realign so it's just being really conscious that as things rush in that you're keeping some order to it, that you're not allowing it to run away from you. I can definitely relate. Like my brother-in-law is involved in the hospitality industry. You know, we're uh, sport and leisure. I think the industries have had a similar, uh, you know, uh, troubled time and we're coming back in a similar way. And I think uh, I'm, for a better word, struggling with the same things at the moment. It's this, you know that you've got to take the opportunity because it's there. Like for instance, uh, I like to have a bit of time off on a Tuesday during the day. I like to take uh, poverty to school and then really not do too much. I like to be creative, do my bonsais, do things like that. But this Tuesday it was like, oh damn, if I don't do these prospects, if I don't do it, I'm gonna miss out on the work that I did to get them in the first place and everything else. I wrote that day off. Uh, but in my mind, I'm thinking I'm doing it now because I'm paying it forward to then in a few weeks or maybe a couple months time, be able to have my Tuesdays back. But I think the biggest thing that I've tried to, well, I have been really uh, keeping to is uh, my, what we've spoken about before, my morning and my evening routines. So I could quite easily stay up till midnight, past midnight, doing all these things, but I'm getting to 10 o'clock and I'm staying really disciplined and stopping at 10 o'clock. I'm not doing any more. I do feel then that I'm behind, but on the flip side, I'm then realizing that the world isn't stopping because of it. I can pick these things up tomorrow and we are still doing really well. It's like that. That's just where I've, I feel I'm a little bit more at peace with it. I suppose maybe maybe that's what you're looking for. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think that example of the Tuesday is exactly what I'm talking about. Where I've booked something or a, a bit of time which I normally would put off for myself, and I'm sacrificing that me time to move the mission forward, like to, like you said, work on the business, you know, approach the prospects and all the rest of it. And part of me resents myself for that decision. I think it's just an internal struggle between, like you said, what you want to be doing because you know that's healthy for you and you enjoy it and what you have a responsibility to be doing because it's what's going to move things forward for the bigger picture. So I think that's all it is. It's not I'm not, you know, it's just a little bit of a struggle inside where I'm not sure if I'm making the right decision. And I don't think you know until further down the line. Yeah, 
Yeah, hindsight's a yeah, beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, the, this kind of ties in with what I wanted to talk about, actually, if I may, uh, mm-hmm. if you feel that you've got your rant out. And uh, I, I had two ways of uh, angling this, so I don't know if you want to really go off topic or you want to keep with it. I want to talk about more of an emotional thing or talk more about a science thing, uh, but I can link both together. So where, where do you want to go with it, as? Can I hear it first and then decide? Because uh, I don't know. It depends on the topic. Well, it, it's very much, uh, it, it's an emotional thing that you're talking about. Like you're, you, what you've just spoke about there is the emotions that we're feeling, isn't it? The, yeah. We just said the sun comes up, sun goes down. Whether you do that work or not, it's not going to really affect the science of it all. Uh, so we can talk about the emotion of it or, or him. I've made a decision. We're going to go with uh, science. So we're going to go with the science. We're going to make it ones and twos and blacks and whites. I'm I'm really enjoying uh, the, I've mentioned it a few times on here, but I'm really enjoying the Infinite Monkey Cage podcasts. And uh, they go off on lots of different scientists, the one with Brian Cox and everything else. And uh, the one I read about the other day was quantum mechanics. Uh, or I listened rather to the other day, it was quantum mechanics, the whole theory of everything. Uh, I, I don't have a great knowledge of it, but I've really enjoyed listening it, to it. Uh, yourself, as are you uh, versed in this science literature and everything? I, c- I can't say I stay up to date with quantum mechanics, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I'm sure I'm not going to do any of this justice. So if there is any scientists out there listening or even academics that are learning far more than I know, please correct us. Uh, but when I talk about quantum mechanics as theory of everything, uh, you know, Einstein's theory, everything else, theory of relativity, we are kind of uh, going to be able to talk about it, aren't we? You do, you do kind of get get me. <laughs> We're going to find out. <laughs> so uh, the the theory of relativity is like space time. So Einstein's theory of us being in a certain space in a certain time in the universe and everything else. And on this podcast, they started talking about quantum mechanics. So we've had Einstein's theory for a long time. Everyone's, you know, uh, been with that. And I think it was in the 20s or something, people started to explore quantum mechanics. And quantum mechanics are observed at like the real subparticle level, as well as the bigger universe kind of happenings as well. But the thing is, uh, Einstein's theory of relativity doesn't sync with quantum mechanics. So thus, they are searching, they being the scientists, the great minds, are searching for the theory of everything. So uh, Einstein's theory says, this happens, this happens. Then we can look at quantum mechanics and say, well, we know this happens and this happens. And the two aren't meshing together. Are you following? I'm following, I'm following. So there's this whole theory of everything. Uh, again, I'm not doing it justice, uh, and uh, the podcast was really good because they were talking about it as like it's a scientific brawl. So imagine two scientists having a punch up, but it's just them talking to each other about ideas. So you've got one scientist on one side of the fence that is talking about quantum mechanics, and they like everything. I think my mind must work this way. They like everything pretty. So if you look at MT squared or whatever. 
uh, you know, the relativity Einstein's theories are. It's a really simple equation. I don't know math in that way, but it's really simple. You look at it. Yeah, it makes a sense. You can apply it to all different realms of reality and life. But when you look at quantum mechanics, it's messy. No one, no one has devised a pretty looking thing. So there's this one train of thought that are turned around and saying, right, we've got Einstein's, we've got theory of relativity. So in order to make quantum mechanics work, there must be alternative realities. So what, what they were saying, they gave an example. So they said, uh, if you get a cat and put a cat in a box, and in the box, there's this vase of poison and there's a little chemical reaction that holds the poison in the jar. And in 30 minutes, there's a 50% chance that this poison will be released. There's a 50% chance that the chemical reaction will happen, poison will be released and the cat will be dead. And there's a 50% chance that the poison will not be released and the cat won't be dead. Close the lid of the box. Pardon? Schrodinger's cat. You know this, do you? Yeah. So you close the lid on the box. Uh, and from an observer's point of view, from our point of view, we don't know what's happening inside the box. It's a 50-50. It's going to be, and that's what they say quantum mechanics is. You only know what ha what's happening when you observe it. So when you open the box, you're going to get one or two realities. The cat's going to be alive or cat's dead, but you're only going to know that when you observe in the box. Uh, they do talk about being in the box and being the cat and being able to mark uh, that you're alive, not alive, blah, 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 blah. But they, they said you're going off on a different thing. Have I explained that quite well? Yes. The, the idea being that we can only observe our reality. So we can only apply the mechanics to what we are able to observe, but that there is, or there should be, or there probably is a whole lot of stuff that's way out of our scope of observation, which and therefore can't be yeah, an understanding, can't be taken into consideration. Basically, we're trying to do the maths without having all of the numbers. We don't exactly. have all of the bits. So it's the maths is broken. It's missing pieces. So there's these two lines of thought. So there's this line of thought that says there, or two sides to the fight, a scientific fight that's saying that we know certain things are gonna happen by what we, the science and the math that we have. So there must be uh, alternative realities. So there must be at any given point with this quantum mechanics to work, there must be a split. Basically we must divide in time to two alternative realities because what that does for those scientists is it keeps it all pretty it keeps it all working and we can be like yeah let, let's continue but like brian cox was saying or uh, the co-presenter was sort of taking the mick that he's his mind uh, works on information he his mind uh, only works with facts so he doesn't accept that there can be multiple dimensions because there's no facts to back that up it, it's it's intrusive it's not it's not real uh, so then there's this other side of the fence that are saying there's all of this math and everything else someone else has come up with this whole idea to explain what's happening in the box or what's happening with the alternative reality because it isn't and uh, but it's really messy so the other side don't like like it because it doesn't look look good the, yeah the, the, I, I just really found this really really interesting when i was listening to it
it is really interesting. And the early, I, I side with the, the messy side because for me, the early example of this is, and no disrespect to anyone listening, please understand, I don't mean this rude, but it's religion. For me, religions and these histories of the world with creationism is an explanation of something that we couldn't explain any other way. So we, we created a story that fills in all these gaps in the science. All this stuff that was missing, we went, God did it. Perfect. It's clean. It's tidy. It fits in one book. Uh, and that's great. Since then, science has come along and shown that long before that, we were here, things were here, things were here long before us. And I feel like this stage in science is almost like that, that they're saying, well, there's all these gaps in the knowledge, but we can fill them real nice with this concept of alternate realities. It makes everything finished and we can put it in a book. But I think there's a lot of stuff unanswered and I think it's unsatisfactory. I, I think it's interesting and it's curious, but I feel like it's, it's a bit of a cop-out. Uh, uh, you know, this on the was, biggest, grandest yeah. scale. This is exactly what uh, was said on the podcast yeah. Boom. from the SE <laughs> side scientists. So you don't there need to go, go to uh, school for this, as you've already got it. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, this scientist said, well, if you're looking for the simplest form, so if you want the prettiest equation, if you want to look for the simplest answer to these questions we're doing, he said, go to religion. Yeah. And then every scientist is like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. like so. Uh, but there is, I don't know, there is a part of me that, that likes the idea of, uh, I, yeah, uh, I think we all like stories. Me now. too. But but thing- I, I like the idea. I like the idea of it being pretty and being able to understand it, I think is really nice. Someone being able to say, if you understand this, you understand it. And I think that's a nice thing. And I think that's part of human nature as well which is maybe where we get stuck sometimes. Yeah, but what they all came together at the end and agreed on is uh, this kind of conversation or this kind of science uh, should have more mainstream media. It, yeah. You know, they, they are currently breaking into realms of science uh, from like uh, astrophysics science to everything else that, you know, people have never done and it should it, you know, our headlines should have, and I really strongly agree with this, our headlines should have this. Our, our social media should be dominated with this kind of thing, rather than, with all due respect, Jim Megan and Ari or whoever it is. It's like, why is, why is society not consumed by these great questions, this conversation, rather than what some couple's doing? Yes. It's... Um digestibility i think is the answer we've become and this is largely i believe down to we we talk we've talked this to death but phones and social media and uh entertainment platforms such as netflix where we can quickly consume things our media and information digestive system has become weak and it can only tolerate bright lights and happy sounds and real basic concepts like we understand the whole Prince Harry Meghan thing because it's it's simple, you know, woman rejected by family, 
leaving family. We, these are basic feelings. We can all go, oh, I get how she feels and I can somewhat relate it back to myself on my daily life. But concepts of the universe, it's like way beyond most people's, it's not gonna affect you going to work on Monday. It's not gonna affect how you feel. You can hear it all and go, it's interesting, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna hit you. And maybe that's down to science not making it interesting enough in terms of the scientific community, not making it mainstream enough. I think Brian Cox does a great job of making it like that, but there's not enough people out there turning it into something that's more digestible for the average Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's a great way of putting it, but maybe, you know, we, we will head in that direction, but I certainly find it interesting. So rather than, yeah, going off topic onto uh, the negativity of social media and that this brings me back round to where you started the convo today and the other angle that I could have taken with it, but I'm pleased that we touched on the science first because I really, really enjoyed that. And if anyone listens, can enlighten us any more or give us links or anything more than please please say because uh <laughs> i yeah i feel like the only way i can explore that more is through almost signing up to a science club or going to uh you know back to school for it i don't know yeah. where i would go to find out more about it really and i think there you've just touched on what it is it's really difficult to know if you just want to play with it rather than you know delve into a phd where can we go to get clear digestible and accurate information on stuff like this because i don't know either i'm sure yeah. you can pick up a textbook that's like this big and covers absolutely a you know tiny myota of it but where can you go to get the the base knowledge and in a way that's engaging and entertaining yeah digestible but back to the convo this uh, this ties in with what you were saying about you know uh, life and everything else. I'm finding with the stresses, for a better word of life at the moment, and uh, without you know going into the detail, being it personal, being it business, be it family, be it everything else that I'm feeling at the moment, I I'm asking myself: Is there such a thing as things happen for a reason? I feel then we're on the same train of thought as like the science conversation that we just had. Uh, yep. So we're we're in the process of buying the house. It's you know it's been held up, COVID related, everything else. And uh, someone the other day turned to me and said, "Oh, you know it's happening for a reason. You know you're going to get there. Uh, you're going to be where you're going to be because it's happening for a reason." And I've always gone along with that, and I still love that that theory of uh, of it, similar to like the theory of uh, paradigm uh, mentions that. But am I kidding myself I'm, I'm now just sitting here in the stress of it all and thinking am I kidding myself I'm not going to sit back and not make it work and not make it happening but am I now kidding myself saying you know what things do happen for a reason I hate that saying you and again it. I think this is the messy and clean uh thing I think we've hit on something uh quite universal here because Again, when you say everything happens for a reason, it gives a very blanket explanation to everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because that goes back to that religion conversation when you say, well, why do they let children get cancer? God works in mysterious ways and everything happens for a reason. Uh, and you, it's very hard to really justify. But if you put that statement over it for a lot of people, 
that's enough. Just have faith and that's enough. And I think when you're trying to make sense of something that doesn't make any sense or it doesn't appear to like that, where you're like, I'm doing everything right and things still aren't working. It's comforting to be able to say, but everything happens for a reason. And you'll even find reason because I'm sure we both have a million examples we can go back to in the past and go, that seemed like a real shit situation at the time. But if it wasn't for that, this, 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 and this wouldn't happen. And it's not that it's not true, but it's like you're reversing the math. You're doing it backwards to get there rather than looking forward to get there. If you get what I mean. I don't. Yeah, I brought this up because I wanted to feel better about it. And I don't feel I'm not going to help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying in your life at no point do you accept anything happens for a reason. Let's just use that as the underlying title, be it parable dimensions, be it whatever, whatever faith, whatever it is. You, you don't have anything that happens for a reason in your framework of thinking. My question would be whose reason okay because if everything happens for a reason that would say that there's someone orchestrating everything because why? are you putting a why here a why yeah is that uh, you're you're saying for who like why is it happening for a reason well, if it's happening for a reason, it's whose reason is it happening for? So for example, I get sick tomorrow, I've got cancer, it's all happening for a reason, for whose, it's not for my reason, surely. It's, and if it is, I didn't decide to get cancer, I'd rather it be, you know, another thing. So whose reason is it Whose plan is it that in 20 years, I'm gonna recover from cancer, write a book about it and become a millionaire and it all happened for a reason. But who made that decision? Who laid out that script for me to follow? That's yeah, where not, I struggle with it. I'm still not feeling good about this, As No, I know you're not no. feeling good about it, but I- Do you feel all right with that? Do you feel all right with things don't happen for a reason? Do you, because like you sleep all right at night. Yeah. I tell you someone who I like to listen to because he gives me comfort in the discomfort is a guy called Jordan Peterson. And he, he talks a lot about how life is actually a sequence of misery. It's sickness, it's death, it's pain, it's war. And the way you, you do well at life is you find something you love and you find people you love and you find a way to spend as much of your time doing what you love and being with who you love that it dulls all the other stuff that you don't, you don't, you know, there's war in Palestine right now. It's horrific, but I spend so much time with my wife and doing what I love for work that the pain of Palestine doesn't get into me as much as it would maybe someone who's living right there in that moment. You know what I mean? It doesn't bring me any peace. It doesn't help me sleep at night, but it gives me an explanation without blanket statements saying that that war in Palestine right now and all those deaths is happening for a reason because that doesn't sit well with me. I can't believe that innocent people are being killed or this pandemic killed so many people and there is a justifiable reason for it. 
I'd rather know that there isn't and it's just the chaos of the universe and we are subject to it. Are you saying then that the default is negative? Not negative. The default is balanced and that balance comes with darkness that we must accept. That there's a 50-50. There's, so the light, light is everything happens for a reason. If the reason <laughs> is, it's balance and it's to maintain the 50-50. And if that's okay, I'm liking this equation now. Okay, so that I mean, that would be it. I would go as far as saying as as spiritual as I get with it is that everything returns to balanced if allowed. Uh, Everything is shit, but it happens for a reason. And that equals balance. Balanced equal amounts of shit and whatever (laughs) the universal opposite to shit is, everyone. (laughs) whatever let's call it gold just for the for the sake of an analogy uh and the world the universe and everything in it will balance out to 50 50 and at any moment with that now you might be somewhere on the scale so you might be at a shitty point on the scale right now boom and someone might live their entire life unfortunately on the shitty end of the scale and someone might it happen for a reason balance someone just lives the perfect life from zero to a hundred and someone gets cancer in the womb and dies at you know one week old they balance each other yeah i, I really like that that's really that has really helped me this week actually. oh <laughs> i didn't think we were going to finish it no. with you being comforted by me because i'm i'm not famously known for comforting people in these situations <laughs> no no yeah yeah, uh, to finish on a slightly different note, I had a top three idea the other day that I don't okay. think we even uh, touched on before. Uh, if we can just, you know, wrap up on a on a different on a light note. note. Uh, it's not. It's a balanced note, isn't it? <laughs> we'll be talking about shit. Car accessories. Mm. so i'll start you off i've got no gold silver or bronze because i know you got a new car recently so i thought maybe as could uh, uh you know uh, share more with this so what i'm getting at is uh actually I'll, it's what when you look at a car it's the swing point if it's got these kind of things you're not necessarily bothered if it doesn't but if it's got them you would uh, swing to it. And if you're driving a car that hasn't got it, you miss it kind of so thing. So car features more than accessories. Yeah, features maybe is a better word. So heated seats. Mm-hmm. Heated seats to me. Do you have, or have you experienced heated seats in a car? I have heated seats for the first time in my life. I, I would struggle to have a car without heated seats. Thus said though, the camper doesn't have heated seats. But uh, I have looked into the possibility of getting heated seats for the camper because I, I know really... a guy if, uh, for after okay. a while. Yeah, and not far from you either. Uh, he does he does upholstery for cars, uh, and I believe he also installs heated seats on like vintage cars if you'd oh, want to. Yeah, heated seat to me it, we've never had heated floor in it at home and i've heard that it creates the same guy i just find it so warming so yeah if if i had to come in at a gold i'd probably go heated seats so it would it would be way up there mine has become and I, I actually don't like myself for this but i'm just being honest with you is parking sensors are you gay oh, i shouldn't I, say that you you 
Worse, I'm trying to be politically correct and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Coward. We can stop talking about it now. That's it. Everyone's done. Switch off. Find another pod. Go and listen to Parkins as. I'm not proud of it, but I had to park someone's car the other day for them because they couldn't park it. And I was like, I'd watched them for about 15 minutes (laughs) trying to park this car. And I was like, right, the person in me has to help them. And I parked it and it was fine. But I just thought, what, why? Why would you buy it? And it was a new car. This is where it got me. Okay, I'm starting to get car. you now. I'm starting to get you now. Yeah, okay. They should saying, have had parking centers. If you're going to buy a car from the year 2020 onwards and you opt to not get the parking sensors, because I don't think they're a particularly expensive thing these days to put on a car. I just okay. think you're just you're inconveniencing yourself for no reason that I could possibly understand. They do make life easier. I like them. Yeah, I'm not no, afraid. I, 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 I'm not accepting that. But yeah, you, everyone today. You're own not going to like any of that. my top three, actually. <laughs> I can guarantee you, because the next one's even worse, and I know you're going to hate it. Okay, right, we'll move on. My next one. I love cruise control. I I love. I adore cruise control because i spend most of my time driving the car on cruise control and in particular because our our current car is auto as well so i reckon i actually on the 30 minute journey to the dojo spend 10 minutes off of cruise control i Hmm. slow down i speed up uh, i just like driving it with the free switches drives Lauren mad because she thinks it's dangerous and everything. But I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I just, I just drive it constantly with cruise control. When you gotta go faster, you just press that button up and it goes faster. I don't, I don't know. It's just something a bit more game like to it. I love cruise control. Well, my second one, and I know you're going to hate it, but again, it might be down to where I live an automatic. And again, no, no, I'm not going to knock that. I'm not going to knock not? that. No, oh, that's a no. surprise. Well, yeah, I, I've so when I bought this car, which I bought, I test drove it in a manual first. And the the garage was in Croydon, very central Croydon. And I hated it because I didn't get out of second gear for about half an hour of this test drive. And I had my foot coming on and off of that clutch for the whole time. And it was, you know, it's a light clutch, it's a new car. And I just thought, I can't drive like this all the time because I'm not out in the countryside. You don't get the enjoyment of what a manual gearbox is in London. Because you're bumper so, to bumper all the time. Because eh? <laughs> you're bumper to bumper all yeah, the time. Yeah, all the time. So I think now, I, unless I moved to the country, and even if I did, it would be like my weekend car for enjoying driving. My day-to-day car, I think, will always be an automatic now. Yeah, uh, I, I've got no problem with uh, autos. Out of choice, if I had both cars identical and i could uh, drive one away auto or manual let's go manual i just like the realness uh, of a manual and um, i thought I i'd have the same opinion but in buying this car and literally having that choice and doing the manual first i went for the auto okay no, no yeah there's balance there there's balance Number my three. third one has very little i feel practical i suppose it was designed as a practical thing but i just like it because it's cool uh i don't know uh, the exact word but when the wing mirrors turn in mm. i i just love it 
I just love pressing that button and the wing mirrors come in. Well, one of them isn't actually working. We're waiting for the dealership to send us a, a replacement. They sent us one and it was the wrong one and that, and then they've been shut, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I, I just love that feature. I've never, never realized that we all, we've never had a wing mirror taken off, parked, or we've never had anything like that. I just like that feature. I just like that button. Yeah, no, that's a good one. My last one is similar, not necessary, but I, I enjoy it on my new car. I have a button on my fob that opens the boot for me. Oh, I love that. You said I would like it. No, I like that. No, you like that. It's, it's a, oh, I, I, you actually, you would, you would understand this one because very often I'm holding a big box and walking to the car and the ability now for the car to just open without me having to like do all of this to get it in one arm and I'm like, yeah, real useful. I would like in the future when the, because it's not great at the moment, but there's a, now a technology where you just wave your foot under the car yes, and it yeah. opens the boot. Uh, so in the future, when that's a bit more consistent, my next car, I'd like to get that because I think that whole auto boot thing is a good As good parents, moment. that's really useful. Yeah. When you've got kids shopping, a dog, everything all together, then yeah, that, that is a really functional, I think out of everything we've said, probably that's one of the most functional functional things that uh, you, yeah. you could have. Uh, the Clifford alarms used to be the thing back in the day, before cars came factory fitted with everything, uh, Clifford alarms, and my friend had a full or single dancing one because he worked for him, and uh, he could lie in bed on a uh, frozen winter morning and start his car uh, from indoors, and then that would mean by the time he got out, all the ice had cleared, the heat uh, had heated up and everything. And uh, I never had, but I, I think that was cool. Uh, I had it on mine that you could uh, switch the headlights on and off. That was really useful for finding in the car park or making yeah, people yeah. jump. If they walk past, you just, just sit there, walk past your car and you just put the headlight. I, I just used to like that toy. Does your current car, is your current car keyless? Does it have a uh, Yes. Button? It doesn't have, a, it has a start switch. The last car, which was a newer car than the car we got now, uh, had a had a button. This one's got a start a switch, but you don't but you, put a key in. You just don't it, put a key yeah. in. Are you aware of the way they steal these cars now? I went down a yeah. real rabbit hole with this. Tell me more that I might not know, but I am aware of, yeah, the situation with these. Yeah, so basically these, anyone who's got a keyless car, you should, it's probably good to know this. They obviously would never tell you this at a garage but your key works as like a little radio transmitter now. And it's a very weak signal. So that only when you're standing right next to the car, does the car recognize the radio signal and allow you to open and then switch on your car. What people are getting now, they get a backpack with some gear in it. And the gear is basically a radio signal amplifier. So they come to your front door, they pull out this antenna just stand there for five seconds whilst their mate stands next to your car and they amplify the key from inside your house enough that they can not only unlock but switch on and drive off your car uh, without doing any damage whatsoever to the vehicle. Mad, isn't it? But we I've never tested it. We've got a, if you, let's say for instance, I've opened the, well, the way it happens is Cece drives out of the dojo car park. I have to shut the main gate. So she drives the car out and quite often I have the key on me. Uh, so as she's driving out, she gets a warning that the key isn't with the car. Uh, we've never tested it. Does it get to a point where the car then shuts down? 
I don't think it does. I think it gives it you that warning you. to let you know that you've forgotten your key because once you turn off your car, you're not going to be able to switch it back on because you're out of range. And that's where it's like, I wonder what they do it for. I guess, you know, for parts or to scrap it or whatever. But, yeah, well, but apparently there's no association because like a car, once the ignition goes, the car's running. So yeah. I believe not. I'm sure it's becoming a safety feature on them now that the car, the key needs to stay within range. But does, I, that, does that worry you? Well, it worried me to the point where, because we had a car on our road stolen that way. Uh, exactly. Oh, yeah. that technology. So we got a, what's called a Faraday box. And it's basically a radio jamming box that you stick your keys in when they're at home. And okay, that, so you've gone as far as that. Okay. I've gone as far as that because my car's parked right outside my house. My flat is relatively small and one floor. So it's like, it's very easy to do with my car. And just quite frankly, I just can't deal with, I don't enjoy talking to car insurance people. So if anything I can no do to happened. avoid talking to car insurance people is going to be done. It's, a little black it's a five box. pound purchase and it gives me peace of mind. But you could argue the balance to this is modern cars are harder to steal because I can go out right now with a screwdriver and start my camper. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I know how. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this has been a very enlightening conversation I found today, yes? Indeed, it has. Indeed. I, I, had, I had a quote, but I'm now questioning whether I've said, have I done a Bruce Lee quote recently? I don't think you have. No, I'm going to go for it. And if I have, you're going to hear it for a second time. Uh, you must be shapeless, formless, like water. When you pour water in a cup, it becomes a cup. When you pour water in a bottle, it becomes a bottle. When you pour water in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Uh, water can drip, it can crash. Become like water, my friend. It tied in with what we said at the start and the, the actual Bruce Lee video. If you want to hit the bell, because I did it on our Instagram on Club Instagram, uh, is of Bruce Lee saying it, and he does the quote much more justice, especially with his facial expressions. Well, yeah, I think it. that quote is 50% the way he says it. Uh, yeah, I love yeah. watching that video, I've, I've, yeah, I've watched the it finger and everything. Yeah, great quote. My quote, the second quote for the day, it has nothing to do with anything we discussed today. And your wife actually posted this on Instagram last week. And it's just stuck with me all week. And I've really enjoyed this quote. It brought me comfort. I enjoy it. You will be too much for some people, too loud, too soft, too this, too that. But you'll always be perfect for the people that need you. Oh, I love it. Yes. I, I yes. love that quote. So big shout out to uh, Mrs. Cashman for sharing okay. that one. Go let her know. She'll be pleased. Oh, good. Yeah, that, that was a, that's a banger. Yeah. Yeah, and, but I think that does tie into what we talked about because if you want to uh, have uh, faith or you want to have uh, madness, it, you will find people it relates to, don't we? Yes, yes. You'll find your, your form of science that you appreciate, whether you're relative theory or quantum mechanics. Or there's someone there for you. Yeah, yeah. wicked as been a pleasure everyone thanks for listening like share uh we are now on facebook i believe we're on twitter somewhere as well we so yeah short convos 
join us on social media, share the podcast, give us a review. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Hit 100%. the like button if you watch us on YouTube, all that stuff. Peace out. Peace.